for better or for worse. We're talking relationships today. I've got a love and relationship coach, Catherine Denali, on with me, and we're here to talk all about the things. So grab your cup or grab your cocktail and join us at the table for the conversation. Here we go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Today, I'm so excited to have with me Catherine Daniele. She is a love coach and a relationship coach and guide. She supports people in healing fear-based relationship patterns so that they can experience radical self-love and healthy, extraordinary romantic relationships. She's trained in several modalities that guide people in making the connection between dysfunctional childhood patterns and how they show up in their life and romantic partnership. She believes no matter what one's history is or even how disconnected you may have become as a couple, you can experience deep, healthy love. For eight years, she has worked with individuals and couples, led online programs, and facilitated in-person retreats. She's a yoga teacher and an energy healer and co-hosts the relationship podcast called The New Truth, A Woman's Guide to Extraordinary Love. So please welcome Catherine on the podcast with me today. I'm so excited to have her here and discuss this topic. Here we go. Hi, Catherine. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining. I'm so happy to be here, too. Thank you so much. Oh, it's great. We have a lot to dive into. It's going to be fun. So just let's start. You can tell the audience just a little bit briefly about yourself. So I am a love and relationship coach, and I work with singles and couples. I've been doing this for eight years, and my passion is helping people not only find the right partner for them, but enjoy the experience that a romantic partnership creates to have the passion, intimacy, and connection that we all crave. That's great. So you have a little bit of a matchmaker too. Yes, you we could call it that. We could call it that. Not officially, but I do. I have helped clients find love both online and off. We could call it a matchmaker. Sure. I like (laughs) it. I like it. Yeah, I think we have so many things to talk to, you know, my audience today about and you and I have had some conversations prior about it. And, you know, moving is considered one of the bigger life stressors. It's literally ranks three after after death and divorce. No joke. It's a life stressor. And so we combine that with, you know, you're moving and it's an exciting thing and it's a good thing and it's typically planned for. But, you know, when you go from a large city to the suburbs, that's a huge life change as well. Yes. I've now done that twice and just moved a month ago. So this is perfect to to talk right now. (laughs) Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about in that regard is what kind of impact does that have on a relationship? Uh, Pretty tremendous, pretty Mm -hmm. tremendous. And I think, you know, there's a difference between living mindfully and consciously, which is what Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about in relationship versus just going through the motions. And with moving, 
you, I imagine the same as like having a baby. You can read all the books and listen to all the podcasts you want and then you're in it and you're like, oh, whoa, okay, well, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt with the move. But I think first of all, setting yourselves up, like really just acknowledging to each other, okay, moving's on the list is one of the top, you know, five stressors that a couple's going to go through in their life. So, okay, together, what do we need to make this work for us? And mm-hmm. that looks like each person knowing what they need first, right? What are the things that ground me? What are the things that stabilize me? What are the things that are fun? And then mm-hmm. together, how can we support each other in making it fun? And that was actually the biggest thing that I'm really proud that my partner and I did is yeah. actually looked for ways to make it fun. So we always had music on when we were packing. Um, so cute. We would do little dance parties and we'd set timers to be like, okay, we're going to head down, like focus on this room right now for the next hour. And then we're going to take a break. That's so great. So it's almost like putting together like this little survival kit or toolbox yes. for yourselves, right? Yes. Of like of the little things in there that you both need yes. to get through it. I love that. Yes. That's such a good tip. You know, not all the time, but a lot of times I've heard one person in in the couple wants this more than another. They mm-hmm. want to move to the suburbs more than another. Mm-hmm. What do you do about that? For the person that doesn't, it's harder. It's that much harder because they're not maybe ready or they have preconceived notions or they feel like they're leaving mm-hmm. so much behind. So if they're not on the same page about it, and that I've heard from some couples, like it was going on and on, like he wanted to move. I didn't, I really didn't. Then in the end, I really, I had to concede or it was going to be like a deal breaker. Like, yeah. what do you do when you're just not on the same page about it? Well, I just went through this because I loved Boston. I had a mm-hmm. beautiful, big, amazing life in Boston with yeah. all my friends. And we actually moved for health reasons. My husband needed warmer weather mm-hmm. for his system. So we're now mm-hmm. in the suburbs in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so a couple things I want to say about this is one, there needs to be space for grief for the person that is leaving the things that they love. And hopefully Mm -hmm. the partner who's advocating for the move more so can Mm -hmm. really hold space for that. And I had to really teach my husband that when I'm grieving, it doesn't mean that I don't want to with you. Like I Mm -hmm. understand that I'm making this choice. Mm -hmm. And so that was really powerful for him to let me grieve without then feeling guilty Mm-hmm. And he had his support for, you know, dealing with the guilt of how he felt on, I realize I'm taking you away from, you know, what you love and your friends and the life you had built. Yeah. So yeah. I think transparency and honesty, which if we really probably get onto ourselves, most couples aren't doing that all that well. And so then the move no. is what sparks like, whoa, we, you know, need to get mindful about our relationship And then partnered with that is the conversation around what we want to create together. Like really getting real about why this move and then what is exciting about this move? What can we look forward to together? What's the best that could happen? And we brought that energy a lot. And also we live our relationship is actually recreated all the time. We're always checking in with each other. We even are doing like, okay, what do we want to experience in the next six months? What's the next year for us? And that's a huge part of it. Each person has to know what makes them happy 
and also this, my personality is like you can put me anywhere and I'll make a million friends. So obviously that's like <laughs> that's I'm sure that's not the case for some people. Yeah, it can feel very isolating for some people. Yes. The, yeah. And I am feeling it for sure, you know, with COVID right now. Oh sure. But those are the biggest tips. Like the, you know, the person who wants to move gets to have that desire, but then this is relationship practice. How do we hold space for all of our desires, all of our feelings, and then most of all, do it consciously? Because one of the things that's really important to me is the person that's making the choice, even if they don't want to, you Mm -hmm. can't be a victim about it. Like you have to get that you are making that choice. There's space for your grief, but you definitely don't want to set up your relationship where you're resentful for the rest of your life about it. Right. You, you don't want to make the compromise and then sort of hold them to that the rest you of their cannot. lives. Like, well, I did that. Yeah. You'll destroy your relationship if you do that. Right. As I say, you got to put your big girl pants on, right? Mm-hmm. Or big boy pants on and just be like, you know what? Yeah, I, I did make the compromise and I own that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what do I want to create? How do I make this great for me? Yeah. Not just, I'm because if you do anything of, I'm, I'm just doing this to make my partner happy, you're mm-hmm. setting yourself up for resentment also. Yeah. No, those are important things. And you also bring up a couple other important things. Like when you talk about grief and mourning, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's come up in several conversations because there definitely is a period of that, even for both people that want to move. And that's just normal. And I think knowing, you know, accepting it, you know, realizing it and then moving, you know, forward through it. Ultimately, most people really love their life in the suburbs. There's an adjustment period is what this is about. And so like you said, also looking forward to or talking about plans and things you're going to do and all the good stuff, because there's a lot of good stuff. But there's just these initial challenges. And I like to cover them on the podcast to really get into them and discuss them. Because like you said, if you sort of hide under it, it can just fester. And then it becomes an issue when it, if you just addressed it in the beginning, or were transparent about it, then it doesn't have to be the issue, right? Yes. Yeah, and no, I and think- the grief is really important. And we did a ritual together as we left our home where we just like sat on the floor in the empty house and talked about everything we loved about our house and everything we loved about living there. And then yeah. talked about what we're creating in our new place. And then yeah. my grief hits me in waves. I mean, I've only been here three and a half weeks. And so there's some nights where the wave will come and I let it be there and I actually make space for it. I don't then go watch TV or eat candy or, you know, distract myself. I make space for the feeling. And sometimes it's to share with Andrew and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just mine. Yeah. But there's grief in every transition. And I think we miss that as a culture. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that, you know, without sort of steps like that in our lives or milestones like that in our lives. I mean, that's really how we grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these various stages and and they come to an end and then something else begins, yes. right? So yeah, I mean, it, it all can be sort of a positive thing. The next question I have for you might be a very similar answer because it also is about people being on the same page. So even if they are in agreement about moving, oftentimes then they get here and, you know, decorating the home brings with it a lot of stress as well. Because what's happened is from city life, you're moving from like half the amount of square footage (laughs) to to double. And you're like, oh, my God, I have all these rooms. And they might be on a very different page about their goals for it, the priorities, the budget for it. And so also I wanted to chat about, you know, getting on the same page about that as well and areas of compromise for that as well. 
I like to think there's a diagram I teach where there's partner one and partner two, and then the relationship. The relationship is a being unto itself. We're mm. not merging. It's not two become one. The relationship mm-hmm. is an energetic and a force in the world in and of itself. And so mm-hmm. long before you're talking about the little things, like mm-hmm. how you want to decorate, you're talking about what is this move about? Like what kind of relationship do we want to have in this new space or in mm-hmm. the suburbs? What are our priorities as a couple? Mm-hmm. Then you move down into, okay, what's most important to you and what's most important to me and what are our agreements around that. I'm probably unique in the sense that my husband's the designer. (laughs) Um, He loves it. He designed our last home and now we're building our dream home. And essentially Mm -hmm. what our practice is, is since it's his thing and he's the most excited about it, he Mm -hmm. presents it. And then Mm -hmm. we're having a conversation going back and forth. And so whoever is the one that's most excited about it, take Mm -hmm. that on and take it on and let it be fun. And then you're presenting and then, okay, how does this work for us? And what do we want to do together? Yeah, no, I think that's a great, a great point. And I mean, as a designer, I've been in situations where I'm a little bit of the referee, but I'm the one that sort of likes to listen to both sides and then present something that is a compromise for both that both can live with and both can be happy with, you know? But yeah, if they sort of do that work on their own, like you just described, that makes things a lot smoother. And I think, like you said, looking at the, what are our overall goals for this house, right? And and what do we want to do? And like, how quickly do we want it furnished? Some people want it furnished right away. Other people are very realistic. Like a new client called me the other day and she was like, you know, it's over 4,000 square feet and I'm coming from 1,200 square feet and I'm not going to furnish this all at once. I don't even have the bandwidth. And I'm like, don't then. Like, let's just take it in phases. You don't have to do it all at once, you know? So, and again, if doing it all at once is what both of you agree on and you need to do, then certainly, but Mm -hmm. there's no right answer. It's what's right for you and what's right for the couple. Correct. Yeah. But that does happen a lot where They're not quite on the same page. And like you just said, there typically is one person taking more of the role in the designing, whether, you know, and then like you said, have that person kind of take the reins, but then you have conversations about it on your own, Mm -hmm. which is good too. I mean, we watch all HGTV shows. We love it. And (laughs) and half the time I'm like, they need relationship coaching. Um, and, and, And like, did you even talk to each other before you got on this show? Because you have two completely different visions and two completely different, you know, attitudes. And that's it is, is, you know, I am sad about this, but I have tons of couples where it is like they don't talk to each other. You know, because it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to ever express something that you want. And Mm -hmm. I also think a lot needs to be said about a partner saying to themselves, like, who do I want to be in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Right? How do I want to bring myself to this move? How do I want to feel in this house? And then Mm -hmm. to design a house that actually holds the me that has the dreams and goals and desires about the life I want to live. Yeah, I love that. And I think so far too, every single thing you've talked about to me, the underlying thing comes down to good communication. And so far in everything that you've said, that's just my take on it. That doesn't happen a lot. And we're going to get into that with some other stuff. You and I had a chat and we're both passionate about it. COVID has had a huge impact on everything and anything. And so when we talk about relationships, you and I talked about gender roles and we're very Mm. passionate about that. And 
how I had mentioned to you in a prior episode of my podcast, you know, right before that, I had read this article how, you know, even women who are working full time from home, for some reason, everything else with the kids and homeschooling and the house and cook, it still falls in their lap. And even when it wasn't COVID, I think I mentioned to you, I had a friend and she worked full-time in the city, long hours. She was the breadwinner. And she would joke around and she'd be like, but somehow I'm still the one that has to plan the birthday parties and make sure they're signed up for soccer. Like for whatever reason, right? And, mm-hmm. and so you were explaining to me, you know, there are these gender roles and there are these expectations. And as far as we've all come and there's been some progression in, in the roles, right? right? There's still this kind of, I guess, expectation. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So I'd love for you to kind of get into your side of that and your take on that. Well, I first want to acknowledge that even long before COVID, we have a lot of work to do around support for families and Mm -hmm. mothers. And I just, I mean, I I woke up thinking about it today because I knew we were talking that it's really been hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) for for moms right now. Mm -hmm. and, And so the first piece I want to acknowledge is this the compassion and giving ourselves a break, which often mm-hmm. women don't do. Um, mm-hmm. when, uh, most women I know are incredibly hard on themselves. And, Very. And to really recognize that you're actually not designed to do everything on your own. Like we mm-hmm. were living in community and tribe and parenting each other's children and helping mm-hmm. each other. That's how we used to live. And then now mm-hmm. it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And yeah. so- the, you know, with relationship, it's really, and, and this is, you know, at the core is each person has to be willing to take responsibility for themselves and their own self-care. And I get mm-hmm. that a mom that's trying to parent her kids and work and run the house is like rolling her eyes at self-care right now. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's really just a deep breath, right? Mm-hmm. It's a mindset of it makes sense that I'm stressed out right now. It makes sense mm-hmm. that this is really hard right now. And laughter and fun does mm-hmm. things to our nervous system that absolutely nothing else can oh, do. Oh, yeah. You know? So true. I was just um, thinking about that today. Yeah. And, you know, scheduling sex freaking mm-hmm. works. Like I get it that maybe it doesn't take like it takes the mystery out of it, but mm-hmm. touch and sex right now helps our nervous system, pleasure, and it's mm-hmm. more communicating with each other on, you know, what is it that I need to be able to function well and being yeah. really really realistic about that right now. I am, you know, devastated on what's happened to families and how difficult it must be behind closed doors doing everything. And it's how can I, you know, do the best that I can and support myself as mindfully as possible to create Mm -hmm. real teamwork and the divorce rate skyrocketed this year. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think couples are realizing, you know, wow, if this gets harder, like hopefully, you know, you've chosen a great partner when struggles in life are easier because you have each each other. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Because I'm lucky. I, I have that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sh- and I'm sure it's not luck. I'm sure you guys, you know, you work <laughs> at it and you and you bring yourselves to it and that's what I'm passionate yeah. as yeah. a relationship coach, you know, if we think it's luck, then we don't think that we can change our yeah. situation and I've had couples on the verge of divorce fall in love again. Yeah. I've had women yeah. who have never had a healthy relationship learn how to create one and are yeah. now having the time of their lives. So yeah. we actually can learn, but it really is. And and I, it might feel like more work, but 
pausing right now in COVID. And it's just like, okay, what's realistic for me right now? And what are the things that would make my life easier that I can bring mm-hmm. to my partner that, hey, if you can do X, Y, and Z, that would make my life so much easier and make me so happy. And I would feel so good. Mm-hmm. And could you do that for me? Yeah, that's so good. So the thing is with gender roles, then are you saying that, you know, as much progress as we've made, we do tend to kind of fall back a lot into traditional gender roles. Yeah. It's very common, right? Yes. Unless you're talking about it, you know, unless you're talking about it and I, and oftentimes it's not, Oh yeah, it's not. No. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, I, I think as women, it's, I've never met a woman who hasn't had a hard time asking for what she needs. And so it's that, you know, pause long enough to say I'm worthy. I deserve to have my needs met. I matter. I have a right to be happy. I have a partner and I deserve to have a partnership that feels good where we work together as a team and being really specific. Like I often joke, just telling a man that you want to be more connected to him. He's going to be like, what the hell? Does yeah. That what the mean? hell is that? Um, yeah. Tell me how, tell yeah. me how I can help you. And the right partner, a healthy partner is going to want to show up for you and make you happy. Yeah. And then I know you and I also talked about too. I mean, we have COVID, which is this sort of, you know, let's call it a life crisis. We were talking about 9-11. And when these, when these big life events happen like this, that are stressors, divorce does go up quite a bit. And you and I were talking about how it's because you can't really hide in the marriage anymore, right? Let's touch on a little bit about hiding in relationships and we all can sort of hide right? Yeah. The hiding in relationship looks like just not dealing with your relationship. So mm-hmm. hiding looks like throwing yourself into your kids' lives and mm-hmm. um, only focusing on them or mm-hmm. before work. COVID, it was work, right? Like you could leave the house and, yeah. you know, go to work, go to your workout, you know, always be out at events and then going home and probably sleeping in separate beds. And so when you take away all the distractions and then you actually have to deal and you're home together, it can, you know, bring it all to the surface. And again, it's just bringing back like, you know, life is hard enough. Struggle is a part of life. But if your partner makes it harder, you know, then that's something to look at the point of love. I mean, I've been obsessed with love since I was a little girl. It's not a surprise (laughs) to me that I've ended up a relationship coach is the point of love because of you, life gets easier because of you. I get to be even more happy than I already am on my own Mm -hmm. and go from there. But yeah, it's, it's been a wake up call on many, many, many levels in our culture this year, but especially in the home. Yeah. And I think that hiding that you talk about, people probably don't even realize they're doing it sometimes, right? It's just that going through the motions type thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting, you know? And with COVID, you can particularly see how it can happen because, you know, especially the New York area went under lockdown, you know, March through whatever Boston, I think, did too. And, you know, you were stuck home. So it was kind of either a sink or swim. You either were going to get along or going to get divorced, right? It was like, it was 24 seven and dealing with the stress and stuff. And so, Yeah, I think it's important to know too that in relationships, I always feel like not everything's going to be perfect and there's not always going to be like perfect, happy times. I think that relationships ebb and flow and I think that getting through some of the tougher times together actually makes the relationship stronger in the end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, working through some stuff and taking the time to work through and not just sort of be like, okay, I'm out of here, you know, I think is really important. 
Yeah. You might not have relationship problems. You might have stress problems because when we're stressed out, we can't think straight. I mean, when being flooded with a big emotion, our rational mind actually turns off, you know, so conflict resolution is, is part communication skill, but also part self-regulation. And right now, if we're all stressed out and jacked up, you know, emotionally, it's going to be really, really hard to settle ourselves. And then we think it's the relationship or we think it's our partner rather than taking responsibility for our own mental and emotional state. Yeah. And the other thing that can happen with couples moving from the city to the suburb too, especially pre-COVID and then when things go back to normal, what would typically happen is they wouldn't necessarily give up their jobs in the city because where we live, we're about an hour out. So you can Mm. feasibly commute and a lot of people commute. So one of two things would happen. Let's say the mom decided that she was going to be home now with the kids and managing the kids and dad was still commuting. His day is now that much longer. So she's home alone much longer. The other scenario area was we have both parents in a lot of my clients' homes commuting and just their days are much longer. Now it requires like a nanny or some sort of daycare. They don't, their days apart are just longer. It can be a little more isolating. They don't see each other as much. Mm-hmm. Is there anything there as far as tips or advice to help that? Because it's different than when they were in the city, they could, you know, see each mm-hmm. other easier and their days were shorter because of the, this commuting time adds quite a bit of time to the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's another adjustment because I, I think for moms, especially they're isolated because they're in a new town, right? Trying to meet new people. And then like husband's not getting in until much later now. By the time they get in, kids are maybe already in bed. Right. And so like the day's kind of over and mom's just exhausted, yes. you know? Yeah. yeah. Or dad. I mean, again, it could go either way. But yeah, yeah just as an example. Isn't it remarkable we all do life at all? Like sometimes like, I feel like, like I just have to, I feel like everybody deserves a freaking award Thank right you. now. You know, like I, I want to like big shout out for how miraculous and resilient human beings are and that we can have relationships at all, you know, and I and love it. Life. I'm going to say everybody right now, <laughs> pat yourself on Seriously. the back, give yourself a high five in the mirror. Like it's true. Seriously. All of us. True. Let's take a second for that. Let's take a second for that. Yeah. I dream of a world where we really are in, you know, community and togetherness and we don't assume that we're supposed to be able to do all of this alone and that there is more support for families. But the the little things, you know, I'm, I am going to make a plug for date night and date night. You don't have to go out. Right. Yeah. But, but date night where it really is like assigned time for each other. So scheduled sex. And then you spend all day flirting with your partner and getting excited about that evening. Or so you schedule the, you know, the hour where it's the two of you lighting candle and, and having dinner together without your phone. And you make an agreement not to talk about your kids. Right. Yeah. Like that, that's really, really important. It's like for the next hour, we're not talking about our kids. Right. Um, And then my husband and I, like little practices, the way you greet each other in the morning, you know, Mm -hmm. like we wake up and immediately like, good morning, I love you. And we have little meditation books that we read together, like an inspirational message for the day. Mm -hmm. I also say that how you greet your partner when they come into the house is 
a game changer for your marriage, that you stop what you're doing and you walk over to kiss your partner, hug them and welcome them home. Not here's the kid take over like, or here, (laughs) you know, walk in like there, there has to be some transition time. And in my experience, if my husband even just got uh, greet him and if he got 10 minutes to just transition, I knew that he'd be so present and prepared and ready to help me with whatever I needed if he just got that transition time. And same with women. Like when when you come home, you know, yeah. it's, it's role reversal. Like just give me that 15 minutes to transition. And it has to be that in that 15 minutes, you're not looking at your phone and doing other work. It's in that 15 minutes, you're taking care of yourself, taking a few deep breaths, like putting sexy pajamas like works every time, my friends, like wear, like have clothes that you feel really, really good in and beautiful in and that you, you know, remember calm, relaxed, nervous system changes my life. I am not meant to live in survival mode and what we feel good. And I'm just going to bring music again. Like we always have music on. Music yeah. changes your nervous system, like calm, relaxing spa music, <laughs> like when you're getting ready for bed, but just like that, like it's not, I need tons and tons of connection time, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you're connecting to make it count. Yeah. I think that transition time is really important for both parties. And I think the one coming in the door too, just recognizing that that other person's maybe been home all day and it hasn't been easy. Just the greeting to say, how was your day? I'm here for you in a few minutes. Let's sit down and like talk about our days together, you know? Thank and you it's just, for what it, you did. Appreciate and thank, Yeah. Appreciation. Mm-hmm. All the research shows that. Yeah. Like it it's so funny you say that because it doesn't take a lot. No, like if, if they just walk through the door and we're like, thank you for what you did today. It probably hasn't been easy. You know, I'm going to go change my clothes. We'll sit down in a few minutes and we'll, and we'll chat about our days or whatever. But mm-hmm. that's so simple if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And yet all this other noise and nonsense ends up happening. That's stupid and causes all this drama when you think about it. Yep. And it's just because someone's overtired and, you know, the person at work or both people at work, somebody might have had a really bad day at work and they'd need a minute to just come in and breathe and, like you said, decompress and switch gears. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to honor one another, I guess, you know, and respect each other's roles, yeah. really. And all the research shows, and this is one of the first practices that I introduce clients, is making a commitment to express at least three statements of appreciation every single day. That is part of my husband and my nighttime ritual. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. also like once you're in the realm of that, of like living that way, it absolutely just comes easy. Like always appreciating each other and appreciating what you each do, that that Mm -hmm. does wonders It goes a long way. It goes a long way because moms, especially, I think, can really feel underappreciated. They're like juggling so much at once, and kids aren't going to say thank you. (laughs) And until they, I don't know, you know, at a certain age, they do. My kids, they say thank you. They're pretty nice about it, but they didn't always. But yeah, no, like on those crazy days or after my husband had a three day business trip and I was home like up all night for three days taking care of sick kids and stuff, just a hey, thank you. Yeah. That's all it would take, yeah. right? Yes. Like, you know what? He appreciates what I'm doing, what I'm sacrificing, what I've done, as I appreciate what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be mutual. Every day. Every day. Every day. Right? That's so good. 
I want to just recap. We've given so much advice. If you have any best tips for just in general handling relationships during stressful times, that would be great. And then we can wrap up. I would love you to tell listeners your website, you have a podcast, any social media platforms where to find you. And we'll put that all in the show notes too. But just if you could do a little bit of recap and tell us where to find you. That would be great, Catherine. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, the main tips are recognizing what you need to feel regulated. That obviously is a nervous system term, but what helps me be in a calm state, taking a couple deep breaths, even five minutes of meditation, candles, essential oils, things that smell good, like Mm -hmm. taking a moment to look around and feel the pleasure of your beautiful new home. (laughs) Like, and the design, like tune in into that energy and then being able to acknowledge the other person, like recognize, hey, wow, yeah, it's really freaking hard right now. Like just looking yeah. at each other, hey, it's really hard right now and we're in it together, right? And I yeah. appreciate what you're doing and is there anything you need from me to you know, feel better or make this better for you? Yeah. And, you know, creating that kind of culture and emotional support is everything. I mean, that's the game changer of relationship. Feeling like someone's on our back is what makes relationships last. And so I hope that was helpful. And to also, I really am passionate about breaking the shame and stigma around asking for help with your Mm -hmm. relationship. You don't have to Mm -hmm. hire a relationship coach when you're on the verge of divorce. You can hire a relationship coach because you want to be closer. You can hire a relationship coach because you want more skills. Mm -hmm. I also have helped women transform their marriage without bringing their partner in. Like it only takes one person to transform the marriage. You can actually bring lightness and joy and transformation if you are the one that gets support. But that's something I really want to plug for because it isn't easy. We receive no skills or education Mm -hmm. around life, Mm -hmm. really, right? Right. Let alone relationships. So we can all give ourselves a break. You haven't, there's nothing bad or wrong. You know, I don't even believe in failure in relationship, you know, because sometimes the right thing is to separate. But everybody deserves to be happy and to feel supported and to feel adored by their partner. And I can be found at katherinedaniele.com, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-D-A-N-I-E-L-I. And I'm on Facebook and I'm Love Coach Catherine on Instagram. It's my Instagram handle. And my podcast is The New Truth Podcast with my really good friend, Kate Harlow, and essentially, we're we're really fired up about breaking what we call the old paradigm of love, which is that a woman's purpose is to get married and have kids. Um, yeah. And so it is mostly geared toward single women of all ages. But even if you're in a relationship and you've been feeling stuck or you want more passion and aliveness, how to help you come back into yourself and really design a life that works for you. That's great. Or maybe somebody who's just gone through divorce. Absolutely. That would be good for them too. Are you offering services virtually? Like if somebody wants coaching from you, do you have services like that? Yes. I've actually, I've been coaching on the phone and on Zoom for the past eight years. Um, And so I, yeah, no one needs to come into an office and phone or Zoom works. And I am taking new clients right now and would love to support people. I think you, you know, have such a good understanding. I think you give such practical advice that, you know, people can actually practice that I think it's wonderful. So yeah, anybody out there, 
thinking, you know, they might benefit from some support of Catherine. She's got all of this. So this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. And I really loved having this conversation with these topics. It's been been amazing. And I hope you get settled in soon. I know you and I both talked because Boston is near and dear to me also. (laughs) So I can understand why you miss it. The benefit is you're going to be a lot warmer where you are. (laughs) We we are in a lot more space and I'm happier than I could have possibly imagined I'd See be that. in. So that that place of like, what's the best that could happen? Like, what if I love it? And it turns out I really, really do. And I love your mission. I love that this is available for people and these conversations are being had about leaving the city and yeah. partnership and design. And thank you so much for inviting me into your space. You're welcome. And we'll connect soon. I love staying in touch with you. Thanks so much. Have a great day, Catherine. You too. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Catherine. I know that I did. I think she's really interesting, really knowledgeable, really great on this subject and thought it was a great topic because, you know, moving is a huge life stressor. And then we factor in not just moving, but you're really making a huge lifestyle change. Then we add COVID in there <laughs> and all kinds of other stuff. And it can really, you know, take a toll on on everybody. And so it can have an effect on your relationship, you know, for better or for worse. So I hope you enjoyed listening to her today. I think she's a wonderful resource also. And feel free to reach out to her. She's got a great perspective on the whole thing. And the few conversations I've had with her even prior to doing the podcast Really, she was just great to talk to, and I could tell she gives wonderful advice. So feel free to reach out. Everything is in the show notes. If you want to DM me or message her, you know, again, please feel free. I hope it was helpful and useful, as I always do. And from my home to yours, I will see you back here next week. Thanks so much, everybody. So I hope you're enjoying the show. I know for me, it's been amazing and I love connecting with all the guests I've had on and connecting with you, the audience. So it's still a young podcast. And so in celebration of that, I want to announce a second giveaway promotion. I am going to be giving away one of my online one-to-one digital services. It is a $500 value. It is ideal to help you if you are moving and need to start getting some decorating done for your home. So all you have to do to win is subscribe, rate, and review this show, and I will pick someone at random. It will probably be selected within the next four to six weeks. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. I would love to hear from you, and I hope you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.